This morning's scripture comes from the fifth chapter of Luke, uh, verses 1 through 11, and this reading comes from the Passion Translation of the text. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to a crowd on the shore of Lake Galilee. A vast multitude of people was pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge, with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and said to him, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowd. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, We've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish and their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the son of Zebedee, sons of Zebedee, I think that will be James and John. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. Go Deep is the title of our sermon today, Go Deep. And we find ourselves located in the book of Luke at the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. As we prepare our hearts and minds to hear the sermon, let us pray as we, become, as we get on one accord. Lord God, we thank you for this word today. We ask, Lord God, that our hearts, our minds, and our spirits be centered on what you have in store for us on this day. Be, Lord, 
my God, as I give your word to your people. Amen. Go deep. Have you ever gone treasure hunting on the beach? Perhaps you have and perhaps you haven't. Um, it's called beachcombing. Uh, I've never done it, but I would like to do it. I've never done it in a formal way, but I have um, uh, gone to the beach and picked up uh, shells on the surface. But now I'm told that those who actually do beach combing have a special instrument that they use and they um, start going combing around the beach using this instrument and digging within underneath the sand. And as they dig, they find more surprises of things that are underneath the surface, more surprises and treasures. But uh, if you just stay on the surface, you don't see all the things that uh, are available and all the surprises that are there. But if you go just a little bit deeper, you find the treasures. And that's what we're going to do with this passage today. We're going to go a little deeper and look a little more beneath the surface. Most of us are familiar with this particular passage of scripture and uh, we know about Simon Peter. You know the one, uh, he was one of Jesus's disciples. Um, and his name was Simon Peter. Uh, Jesus renamed, just named him Peter, and he became the rock. And uh, Jesus said to him later in uh, the Bible uh, passages, Peter, you are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. And Jesus walked with him and did different things with him all during his ministry. And it was Simon Peter who wanted to walk on water, walk on water, um, because he saw Jesus do it. Simon Peter was a very outspoken disciple. Now, in our passage, as it says, um, Simon Peter was a fisherman. Um, Simon Peter is known by many, uh, by, by many uh, people in, uh, in different religious societies as uh, he was also called a pope and he was also called the gatekeeper, known as the gatekeeper. What did Jesus see in Simon Peter? a fisherman. There were two boats, or several boats, some, uh, some passages say, depending on which gospel you're reading. Uh, there were several boats on the shore, but Jesus chose the boat that belonged to Simon Peter. Simon Peter became the chosen one that day, and Simon Peter was asked to do something. Uh, 
after he had worked all night and uh, as a fisherman, he was cleaning up. He thought maybe he was going to be able to go home and put his feet up and just relax. But Jesus came to him and asked him to do something. Push out, he said, into the deep water. I want to use your, your boat. And what was happening right then, as we uh, have uh, heard in the passage, that the crowd was pushing forward and trying to get closer and closer to Jesus. And we all know in this day how sometimes crowds can get out of control. They, uh, I guess, get so excited that they don't really talk to each other and everybody is trying to get what they want. So they all were trying to get closer to Jesus. And guess who was able to get closer to Jesus in that instant? When Simon Peter agreed to allow Jesus to step into his boat, he got a front row seat. He didn't have to press with the crowd to be near to Jesus. And so he did. He got, uh, Jesus got in the boat and they pushed out into deep water. And uh, out there, Jesus was able to, to talk with the crowd and teach them, instruct them about things of nature that they wanted to hear. They were all on the shore. But remember, it was Simon Peter who had the front row seat. How did he deserve this, this I guess you would call it this, this, uh, this privilege? We don't know why he chose Simon Peter, but perhaps he saw something in Simon Peter that no one else saw. Perhaps it, uh, Simon Peter didn't even know at, at that time what was going on, but later he was soon to find out. Now, Simon Peter didn't question Jesus when he asked to use his boat, his prized possession, um, because after all, he was a fisherman. But guess what happened when Jesus asked him to put out his net again. Simon Peter probably thought to himself, this man is a teacher. I am the fisherman here. He may be an expert on things of religion and, and uh, of a religious nature, but I am Simon Peter. I am a fisherman. I know how to fish. I've been fishing all night with my crew, and so have the other fishermen around us. And we were not able to catch much of anything. So why would this man ask me to put my net back out into the water? But he obeyed. He obeyed, and it garnered him many fish. He put his net out into deep water and he caught many fish. 
he caught so many fish that he were, and his uh, fishermen, his crew and other fishermen were awestruck. They were amazed. They were surprised. They were shocked at the amount of fish they were able to keep to catch that day. Now, that was an amazing thing. And we all know now that Jesus was always able to do amazing things. But at that time, Simon Peter and the other fishermen had never seen or heard of such. How can this man be able to catch so many fish? But if they think that was a miracle, they thought what they saw in catching of the fish was a miracle. But Jesus was full of surprises and miracles, and they just kept coming. And Jesus told Simon Peter that on that day, yes, you are a fisher of fish, but now you will become a fisher of men. There's more to you than you think there is. You think that your greatest gift is to catch fish, but now you're going to catch people. As I said earlier, in Catholic circles, Simon Peter, Peter is Saint Peter. He is said to be the first pope. And from what I understand, he's also believed to be at the gates of heaven, being the gatekeeper. Now that is special. Now Jesus was teaching and and, and doing things that Simon Peter had never seen. But when Simon Peter was blessed by Jesus and told by Jesus that he was going to become fishers of men, he was the one that was going out and preaching. A lesson we all need to learn is that no matter what station we are have in life and where we are in life, even if you're just a fisherman, just a fisherman, Jesus can use you. Jesus is able to use anyone and everyone because Jesus sees beyond what we see on the surface. That's going deep. We look at people on the outside, but we don't know what's going on on the inside. We don't know their heart, but Jesus knows their heart. Jesus knows them inside and out. And Jesus is able to take anyone and use that person to be a blessing to many. We need to listen and learn because no matter how much of an expert we are, as I said, Jesus can still use you. And the word continues to uh, reveal to us the many miracles that Jesus has in store. And when we look around, even now, miracles still happen. Miracles are always there. Stay in God's word and stay ready to be examined and tested and stay ready to be used because you never know when your turn is. 
Simon Peter could have said no. He didn't have to take Jesus out into the water, but he did. He did out of a sense of, 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 of duty that he felt because he knew that even at that time that Jesus was a great teacher. So whatever you may think, there's ways of going deep. My husband seemed to think that uh, I was going to talk about football, but this is a long pass because sometimes when you look at scripture, you only see one thing, but sometimes if you go just a little bit deeper, dig like you're digging for a treasure. The Bible is full of treasures. That long pass, you may be awestruck at what happens if the, if the person who is designated to catch the ball catches the ball. And as my husband preached last week, the crowd goes wild. You need to go wild for Jesus because you never know when Jesus is going to be there and ready to use you. Simon Peter wasn't perfect, but he was able to hear and see need and was ready to serve Jesus, even in his tiredness, because he was through for that day. So you don't know the hour, you don't know the time, but let Jesus use you and listen for when Jesus calls. Amen. At this moment in our time of worship together, we have the opportunity and the privilege to celebrate the Lord's Supper. The invitation to the Lord's table has been here ever since the beginning of the first time in the upper room. This invitation has been here through the years to come to this table. This is not our table. It is the Lord's. We are merely the earthly stewards. But we know as sure as we are here that regardless of the things that we do right or the many things that we do wrong, and regardless of our success or our struggles, one thing that we can do each time we gather in the Lord's name, we gather under this roof that has been given to us or wherever we are, to celebrate the Lord's Supper.
that way. As they were eating in the upper room, Jesus took the loaf, and when he had blessed it and broken it, he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he passed it among them, saying, This cup represents a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. As often as you gather, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take a moment to gather in prayer. Gracious and loving God, at this moment at your table, we give you thanks for this place, for this gathering, and for the meaning. We come with praise and thankfulness for you are our God, our God who has sustained us over time, our needs, our necessities. You, in the midst of our prayers to be guided, you have walked before us leading, showing us the pathways. You have been behind us to encourage us and to help our feeble steps when our faith falters. You have walked beside us as a friend to, to share time together and to talk and to notice. And yes, you have stood before us and between us and the full possibilities of our poor decisions and the wrong things that we do. And you have been there to help our steps to pick us up when we fall, and yes, to carry us when we can no longer walk. And we give you thanks for the gift of your Son and for the supper that he shared with his disciples when he was betrayed. And we know through that giving, the meaning of the words, your steadfast love endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.